The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The dead of time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Give me just a second. I have to find the story because I've been reading a lot of fan fiction recently that is not the dead of time. How dare you? (laughs) That's my best Mama Weasley impression. How dare you read other fan fiction? I know. I know. I'm the worst. I am the worst. But ironically, we're filming for next week's Fire Whiskey Friday on this week's Fire Whiskey Friday. Or I guess last week's Fire Whiskey Friday, because today's Friday the 13th. Dun, dun, dun! It also happens to be my dog's gotcha day, so. His birthday? No, it's his gotcha day. So his birthday is December 11th, but his gotcha day is the day we brought him home from the shelter and made him a Ferrero He's Max Ferrero. It's cute. All right. Anyway, so I found the chapter. We were good. We we're on chapter 23. Oh, snap. I know. I know. I know. So, Kat, what happened? Well, I should know because we recorded that twice, so. <laughs> yes. We recorded the last three episodes twice each so technically we should be if we had only had to record them each once and then we'd recorded all of those times as future episodes this would technically be we would be on episode 26 at this point but we are only on episode 23 so yes yes but anyways what had happened was so Sirius got a howler and that was really really mean because his mom said that I wish you were never born and that made me sad and that's rude and she deserves to be taken away into the forest like Umbridge was. Anyways, so... Oh my god, that's aggressive. Well, she's aggressive. And she deserves it. She deserves it. Yes, she does. That should be another meme that you posted about if the coronavirus was a person. Anyways, um, um, if the coronavirus is a person, it would literally just be Walberga Black. Yes. In the flesh. Also, everybody, we hope you're staying safe during this coronavirus outbreak. Uh, the good news is Kat and I get to record a lot more because I am now working from home for the next two weeks. So I know what we're doing during lunch breaks. And our editor is also working from home, which means she gets to edit more because none of us have to travel to work anymore. And also appreciate the fact that this podcast is brought to you with absolutely zero, and I do mean zero, actual in-person human interaction because I am in Tennessee, my co-host is in Florida, and our editor is in Tejas. So. 
Okay, so back to my story. So, <laughs> so he got a howler, and then, um, so that was nice. And then they went to their first class or whatever, and I almost said James's mom. Um, Harry's mom <laughs> is just like Hermione because she's like, I know the answer. I'm smart. So that was mm-hmm. fun. And then Hermione, which is technically Maya, God, I that Maya. The amount of brain work it takes me to not say Mia is just ridiculous. <laughs> but anyways, so I, well aware, well aware. Yeah. So Maya, dear Fire Whiskers, Cat and I are going to have fairly extensive personal conversations that are very amusing. But if you're interested in the story, please skip ahead by probably at least ten minutes, and we'll start the story then. Sorry, not sorry. Are you drinking an iced Smirnoff in a can? What is that? I am drinking the original Club Tales Sunny Margarita Premium Cocktail, 10% alcohol by volume. Classic oh. lime flavored with party starter. Or, no, sorry. Classic lime flavored party starter. Happy hour at its finest. I like how they understand that this is a pre-gamer drink. Okay, anyways, I just saw the can. I was like, what is that? Anyways, so... That happened, and then my, 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 uh, <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, my. sorry, sorry, sorry. We need to interrupt this because I sent my husband out to the grocery store to get small curd cottage cheese so that I can make dill bread. And the best part was he didn't want to try dill bread because he thought dill bread sounded dumb, but it was my grandmother's recipe and I love it. So I was like, I'm going to make it anyway. So I made it, and then he ate the entire fucking loaf by himself, and I hate him. And so when I asked him to go get small curd cottage cheese, he said, what for? And I said, for bread. And he goes, well, if it ain't dill bread, I don't want it. And I was like, it's for dill bread. And he's like, okay, I'll get the goods. And then he texted me and he was like, I got the real goods. And he showed me that he bought two packages of toilet paper. Oh, my God. (laughs) So let's give an appreciative applause. For my husband for finding the only toilet paper left in fucking Tennessee because I've been trying to buy it for like four days now because I am this close to using the plants in my backyard as toilet paper because we have none in the house. Well, we like make sure left. it's not poison ivy because then you're going to pull an Addison and that's not good. Oh, poor Addison. Okay. Anyway, so anyway, you're doing really saying. good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep interrupting you. The I'm sorry, of, fan. The dead of time. So that <laughs> Claire's not time. reading because she's unloyal. No, I'm just kidding. Um. So Maya <laughs> figures out that Remus is a werewolf, even though she already well, knew, she that. knew that. But yeah. whatever. She figures it out, air quotes, and then tells Dumbledore all this stuff. And then she sits with him in the hospital wing why he recovers from his uh things werewolf transformation yes werewolf transformation lycanthropy or whatever it's called lycanthropy lycanthropy there we go lycanthropy is it lycanthropy or lycanthropy because now that I've been saying lycanthropy, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's lycanthropy. I don't know. It, this is this is the issue with being a voracious reader. You read all these words and you know how to use them in a sentence, but you don't know how to fucking pronounce them because you've never actually heard them said aloud. So You do know in the movie that he says pensive and not pensive, right? <gasps> Son of a bitch. Yeah. Anyway, 
Oh, um, I think the other thing that you really, really liked about last chapter, because I may or- So also, I'd like to give a big shout out to Hannah Beth, because I texted her this morning. I was like, oh, my God, it's Friday morning. And I didn't talk to you about the episode. And she was like, oh, yeah, it already went up at midnight. And I was like, yes. So big shout out to Hannah Beth, because I totally dropped the ball this week. But she's on it. Also, we don't have a name for last week's episode yet. So hopefully it'll have one by the time this one airs. But yeah. So anyway, um, you did say something about something that you really, really liked in this episode and um it was uh where was it oh god you said you were a survivor of a situation that someone else put you in yes and you really liked that yeah that was some straight up like mariska hargaday talking to a victim stuff right there like that somebody (laughs) called dick wolf and get him on the phone that is a line like put that in there i like that i need that on t-shirt i need it on bumper sticker i need it to be on the signature line of my email if my company would allow that which they don't but um i'd wear that t-shirt you would. That, that would actually also, make a if, nice tattoo, too, for somebody if they wanted to get, like, a sentence on their back or something. You know, there is a really big thread of, like, dead of time tattoos, and I don't think anybody's gotten that. And I really like that. Ooh, I might have another tattoo idea, except I already have, like, three others that are lined up that I need to get. But... You have actually, so many. Like, just cover your body post, Malone. Come on. Um... <clears throat> So this is a this is not a dead of time story. This is a Cat and Claire story. And it's a very important Cat and Claire story because I think it really is the purest expression of our friendship. Like when people ask how close Cat and I are and how close we were when we were growing up and how our families felt about how close we were, I think this story really just lays it out. Kat and I were watching a movie. I don't remember what movie it was. It was probably Under the Tuscan Sun because nine times out of ten, it's Under the Tuscan Sun or Bridget Jones or Love Actually. But I'm pretty sure it was Under the Tuscan Sun. I tried to make some marshmallow-covered popcorn, and it did not work. But Kat kept sending me this thing from Pinterest, so I was going to make it. And we're sitting there, and Kat's sitting there playing with a ballpoint pen, and she draws an anchor on her foot, and she was like, we should get this is a tattoo and we should both get it together and then it'd be like friendship tattoo. And I'm like, okay. And then I did more research and I'm like, well, getting a tattoo exactly where we want to is dumb because that part of the foot calluses and then the tattoo just goes away. So like we should get it on our ribs because then if we want it hidden, it's hidden. But like when we wear bathing suits, people can see it. So it's kind of cool. And so we had decided that we were both going to get an anchor tattoo on our ribs. And I was going to get one that was like a little more realistic. Kat was going to get one that was a little more flowery, but it was going to be both on the same theme. But We both at the time lived with our parents. I think we were, I was just about to go in the army. So it was 2013, which means we were 22. And Yeah, because I was drunk on your couch with this idea, by the way. You were, you were. It was great. Um, But I went to my, or I was having dinner with my parents and my dad had left to go back and do work on his computer like he does. And I looked at my mom and I got real serious and I said, mom, Kat and I have been talking about doing this since high school. Total fucking lie, but that's besides the point. Like, Kat and I have been talking about doing this since high school. Because if I told her that we had come up with it drunk on a couch three days prior, she would have been really mad. But anyway, I was like, we've been talking about this since high school. I think we're finally going to do it. I just want to tell you before we do it so you're not mad. And my mom's response is, oh, my God, you're getting married. (laughs) And I had to respond with, 
no, 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 no. We both like boys and we are not getting married. We are getting a tattoo to which my mother then responds, oh God, that's worse. At least you can end a marriage. A tattoo is forever. (laughs) And then if I am not mistaken, Kat then went to her mother and said that she was going to do something with me that she had discussed. And her mother also responded with, oh my God, you're getting married. And she said, no, we're getting a tattoo. Both of our moms immediately leapt to lesbian wedding (laughs) before they assumed tattoo. And apparently were both way happier with the idea of a lesbian wedding than they were with the tattoo. And my mother's rule, when I told her this, her her response was just, oh, oh, Claire, just just, don't let me see it in a wedding dress. And that was her rule. And then Kat totally bitched out because she doesn't like pain and never got a tattoo. And I ended up with five. Okay. By the way, here is what happened. I was out running errands and she calls me and says, guess what I'm doing? And she didn't even tell me she was going. So yes, of course I chickened out and my skin is very sensitive. So I had to do some research and then I was going to do it last year and surprise her with it. But then she got to get married. I had to spend money. So that wasn't going to happen. So I am going to do it one day. One day I swear to god i'm going to do it i think it's also important to note that my first tattoo was not actually the anchor that was my second tattoo my first tattoo was the first line of my favorite my dog is scratching i also don't know where to put it people because i don't like pain so i don't know where like the less like painful spot is that's also my problem titty oh yes because Kenneth will love that. Okay. Isn't this what you're supposed to get with Claire? Oh, God, I can't do anything with you now. (laughs) But anyway, yes. So now I have the first line of Emily Dickinson's Hope is the Thing with Feathers tattooed on my side with three feathers. And then I did eventually get the anchor because it was supposed to be, you know, a way to anchor me to home when I went away to the army. Yeah, and then you maybe crossfit with you before you went into the army and then that guy who owned the place thought we were lesbians too so oh yeah no because you got i got the military rate because i told him i was trying to get in shape to join the army and so he was like oh i'll just give you the military rate ahead of time since you've already signed on the contract and you know i'm all about supporting the army and then i was like oh i'm gonna bring my friend and i brought cat and then he gave her the military rate when i asked why he said well that's your significant other isn't it no. And then she kept the fucking military rate for years after I left. And it switched owners like three times. So, and nobody <laughs> so noticed. And then cut to like a couple years ago when Eddie had his own box, he actually brought it up and he noticed but never said anything. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> and. And that is the story of how everyone assumed Kat and I were gay lovers. Oh, God. Ow, ow. Oh, you're getting your nails trimmed tomorrow, you fucking terrorist. All right. Chapter 23. <laughs> our job. Why didn't we decide to do a podcast like Seinfeld, a podcast about nothing, where we just like, like, why did we decide to do something theme? Okay, never mind. Okay continue i mean we can start a side podcast also 
I did find a one shot for us to read for bonus content, so we will do that soon. Okay, but... chapter 23, we're in 1971. <laughs> Woo! Our job, December 18th, 1971. Snow blanketed the ground of grounds of Hogwarts whilst the students gathered their trunks together and prepared to spend the Christmas holidays at home. Few children remained at school, though the weather was perfect for snowball fights. Gideon and Fabian Pruitt even created a school-wide competition that ended up with seven Slytherins and four confused Hufflepuffs that got caught in the crossfire in the hospital wing. James, Sirius, and Remus had come out on top of the first year's division... In the first year division of the games, but all three boys nearly got frostbite because of it. Maya refused to participate. Three of the marauders, however, caught her giggling over the top of her book as she sat nearby when their fourth, Peter, was buried beneath a sheet of fresh snow that fell from the roof. It was the day after the last full moon of the year, and Maya thought Remus was looking surprisingly healthy, considering. Somehow, over the months, being able to be there for him... Uh, before and after the full moon, appeared to make his recovery much easier. It also helped that she knew how to treat his wounds and what potions worked best to get him through the pain. He had put weight back on, and the color had returned to his face. Christmas was approaching, and the holidays had never felt better for her. Sirius, why are you still in your pajamas? Maya asked as she descended the stairs case from the girls' dormitory. We need to leave for the train soon. Mum... Sirius said the word with a scowl on his face. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Mum, Sirius said the word with a scowl on his face, told me to stay here. He had sent letters home, specifically to his father and brother, leaving Walburga out of the equation after the howler she had sent him months ago. Maya knew that Orion Black wrote back once a month, requesting reports of Sirius's classwork and asking if he was in need of anything. The parchments looked more like a supply order form rather than a letter from a parent to a child. Regulus wrote back once, telling Sirius to stop writing him and calling him a blood traitor. The words had clearly been fed to him by Walburga, who probably threatened Regulus with the same treatment as his older brother if he did not cut ties with his only sibling, but the effect had been the same regardless of intent. Sirius had lashed out at the breakfast table, retreated into himself for several days, and then acted out in class, ending the week with detention. It was not a surprise that Sirius had not, uh, was not wanted home for Christmas. Is your family going somewhere for the holiday? Remus asked as he came down the stairs with his belonging in his hands. Sirius shrugged bitterly. If they are, they haven't clued me in on their plans. Ridiculous. They shouldn't be angry with you over something you couldn't control, Maya said, though she knew that Sirius had desperately wanted to be in Gryffindor and had likely requested it of the sorting hat. Who cares? He crossed his arms over his chest, reminding Maya of his older self being forced to stay trapped in Grimmauld Place while the rest of the order was free to come and go as they pleased. Maya frowned and sat beside him on the sofa. You do. Like hell, Sirius snapped. Despite his bitter mood, he reacted to her sitting next to him as he always did. He tilted to the side, landing his head in her lap and silently reaching his hands up to grab at her fingers and place them on his head. Maya smiled and began petting him affectionately. I'm better off on my own, he said with a sigh. Come home with us, Maya suggested as she stopped petting his head. Gray eyes opened in wonder as he stared up at her face. Really? She grinned, excited. Absolutely. You'll spend Christmas at the manor. <clears throat> Sorry. 
You'll spend Christmas at the manor. You need a proper Christmas, Sirius. I won't stand for you just sitting in the common room on your own. Remus, you're still coming too, right? She asked, suddenly feeling guilty for not having for not inviting Sirius sooner. She had written home earlier that month asking if Remus could stay. He had told her that he believed his parents had both grown accustomed to not having their life revolve around his symptoms and were now nervous about having to go back to the way things had been before Hogwarts. If only for a short holiday. Maya's parents had been more than happy to invite Remus into their home, something he was clearly both nervous and excited about as he claimed he had never stayed uh, with friends anywhere outside of Hogwarts. Of course, trying to complete a collection, Remus chuckled. You gonna ask Peter to go home with you next? Absolutely not. Both boys widened their eyes at her tone. I just mean, she said, trying to recover from her mistake. Peter and I aren't close like I am with the pair of you. She knew that both Remus and Sirius were aware there was no love lost between her and Peter. She was never exactly rude to him, so they never made a fuss over it. I can only stay until Christmas Eve, though, Remus reminded her. My parents will be home by then. Maya inclined her head. Of course. James grinned as he slid down the railing of the stairs that connected the common room to the boys' dormitories. You'll be happy to know, dearest sister, that I have everything packed and I didn't use your bloody checklist to do it, he smugly informed her. You have all of your clothes? Maya asked with a raised brow. She had made the list for a reason. She saw how frustrated their mother had been in the days leading up to the 1st of September. James' trunk had been a nightmare. Yes, James answered. You packed all of the books you need to finish your homework. Yes, I did. She looked over him carefully. Jamie. Maya. Where is your wand? Three seconds passed before his nose twitched. He cursed under his breath in a groan and quickly ran back up the stairs. Keep your wand on you at all times, James Charles Potter, Maya called up after him. What is that referencing? What? Keep your wand on you at all times. Uh... When Voldemort attacked the Potter family in Godric's Hollow, Jamie didn't have his wand. I didn't know that. Yes. So. This girl is laying down track real early. Remus laughed. How are the two of you related? Pretty sure mum accidentally hit him with a confundus as a baby, Maya said cheekily. From the top of the stairs echoed aloud, Ha! Found it! Maya patted Sirius's head once more and shoved at his shoulders to get him off of her. Go. Get ready. Sirius rolled off of her, throwing his head back to get the hair out of his face and yelled, "'James, come help me pack!' as he made his way towards the staircase. "'I thought you said you were staying here!' James raised a brow as he twirled his wand in his hand, hopping down the steps. Sirius winked at Maya, but was quickly thumped in the head by James, who had been trying to stomp out Sirius's bad habit of flirting with her. <laughs> "'Your lovely sister!' Sirius said, as he turned back to an unamused James, has invited me home with you for Christmas. Wicked, James grinned. We can go flying around the orchards and you can help me set it up for the Quidditch. For Quidditch, why didn't I think of inviting you? Because you are apparently a terrible friend, Maya said, looking up at her brother with a smug grin. 
James helped Sirius pack his trunk, and the boys quickly made their way down to the entrance hall, where the students would be loaded up into carriages and taken down to the Hogsmeade station. Sirius, look, James chuckled, as he walked to the foot of the staircase, watching as Severus Snape walked ahead of them side by side with Lily Evans. Sirius looked up and held his breath while James fired a jinx at Snape's feet, making him trip mid-sentence. Sev, are you okay? Lily knelt at her friend's side with a frown. Snape growled. Fine. My turn, Sirius snickered, and sent the same jinx the moment Snape regained his footing. The boy fell forward once more, this time landing with a loud thud and a slew of mumbled swears. Lily furrowed her brow. Sev? I'm fine, Lily, Snape snapped at her angrily, and she took a step back from him, appearing hurt by his tone. I've got a good one. Locomortar mortis, James whispered flicking his wand just so. Snape's legs snapped shut together. His eyes went wide at the sensation, and he bunny-hopped forward twice, trying to hold his balance before he tumbled forward into a line of Hufflepuffs, knocking them down like a row of dominoes. James and Sirius burst into hysterical laughter. Lily descended upon them. Sirius jumped out of her way, having seen the kind of damage that she could do with magic when she was actually trying. The last thing he wanted was to be caught in the wake of an accidental outburst. She poked a slender finger at James's chest, bright green eyes narrowing as her fury was aimed at him. You! James smiled innocently. Me? Him? Sirius also feigned ignorance. You stupid ignorant... Her hair began to spark like Maya's often did, and Sirius braced for impact. Toe-rag! Her scream gained the attention of every other student in the entrance hall, Snape and the tumbled Hufflepuffs included. Before James could say another word, Lily propelled the flat of her hand to the round shape of his cheek. The sound of her slap echoed off the walls as she turned on her heels and stormed out of the castle. Sirius stared at the scene, completely gobsmacked. Did Lily Evans just smack you? Remus demanded, eyes wide at the sight of James holding a hand at the side of his face. What? Maya shouted as she ran down behind Remus. She turned and glared at Sirius. What the hell happened? What did you do? Me? His eyes went wide at the accusation. If I did something, Evans would have smacked me. No, she hit James. He pointed at his friend, who stared in the, off in the direction that Lily had left, his hazel eyes wide and his hand still fixed to his reddening cheek. Maya frowned. What did you do, Jamie? What's a toe rag? Sirius asked, feeling a modicum of respect for Evans for creativity. Then again, maybe it was a muggle thing. Remus tried and failed to stifle a laugh. Lily called James a toe rag? What you think? About what a toe rag is? Oh yeah, that and just their interactions with one another. Well, I don't even want to know what a toe rag is, because that sounds disgusting. But. I think it's like the modern day, like, people are just taking weird things and turning them into insults. Like, I've heard you walnut used a lot. Yeah. Because that one guy in the books apparently is described as some kind of, like, walnut-looking thing. I can't remember. I need, I really need to, like, stop listening to things before I go to bed. But anyways. 
Because, like, no offense to Shoes, but his voice does kind of put me to sleep, so I have to listen to the episodes at least twice because he makes me go to bed. <laughs> but, um, their interactions are very cute. And, like, I'm probably reaching here, but I kind of feel like maybe at some point somebody's going to figure something out and be like, this is a little sketchy that this chick is around here because it seems like she knows too much or something. I don't know. Like, I, I think somebody's light bulb yeah. is going to go off and be like, huh. Ha, 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 ha. You seem oddly experienced for a 12-year-old. Yeah. Hey, am I actually figuring out plot points now or did I just make that up? <laughs> I mean, getting close. Oh, great. I saw a meme the other day that I probably should have posted, but the words didn't make sense, but they need to be changed. Noted. Anyway. <clears throat> Look, dear, there's Maya. Maya could hear her parents the second she stepped foot off the train. She smiled at the sight of them both. Her father was not even trying to be quiet when he said, that must be the Lupin boy. You don't think she's too young for a boyfriend. I think it's cute, Doria teased him. You behave. Maya says they're just friends. In the hopes of cutting off the conversation before Remus heard, though he likely already had, thanks to his enhanced senses, Maya rushed into her father's open arms and hugged him tightly. Oh, snap! He has, like, wolf senses when he's a human, too? Uh-huh. Whoa. Oh, you don't remember? No. So when um, Bill and Flora got married, uh, that's how Remus and Sirius were like listening to each other because Sirius has dog-like hearing because he's a canine animagus and Remus has wolf hearing. So the two of them can like hear better. All the better to hear oh. you with my dear. Sorry. Got it. Okay. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. The more you know, people. I love watching her learn, guys. Is this what it's like to be a teacher? Or a parent. Soon. Uh, oh, apparently the children born nine months from now will be coronials. Oh my god. And in 13 years, they're going to be quarantines. You've been married to Jimmy too long. You're getting his dad jokes. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you know what my dad told me today? He's watching Dracula on Netflix. And he, I'm making dinner and he's like, what kind of cruise ship does Dracula go on? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, a blood vessel. And I'm like, <laughs> really? And he's like, well, the episode is called Blood Vessel. And I just made that up. And I'm just like, dude. <laughs> What is going on? <sighs> when he released her, Maya turned back and smiled at Remus. Mom, Dad, this is Remus. Glad to have you, son. Charles grinned and extended his hand to the boy. Charles Potter, this is my wife, Daria. Remus smiled slightly and reached his hand out to take Charles's. Remus Lupin, sir, I really appreciate... I mean, I'm... I'm very grateful, he stammered a bit before inhaling a deep breath to calm himself. 
My parents wanted to say thank you for letting me stay with you for a few days. Daria beamed brightly. You are more than welcome, dear. The more, the merrier. Oh, Maya blushed when she realized that she'd forgotten to send a last-minute owl home. I, um, is it okay if Sirius stays with us for the holiday as well? His mom, well... She didn't want to divulge all of Sirius's concerns to her parents, so she looked up at her mother and tried to explain in not so many words. He got sorted into Gryffindor. Daria frowned in obvious understanding. Oh, dear. Charles chuckled. Shame for Slytherins. The moment Sirius approached, Daria pulled him into a swift hug, beaming. You lovely little rebellious lion. I hope you're coming to stay with us for a few... Er, I hear you're coming to stay with us for a few weeks. What a wonderful Christmas surprise. Really? Sirius asked, with a raised brow and a smile plastered on his face. Of course, love. The more, the merrier. Daria repeated her words from earlier. Charles returned his attention to Maya. Where's your brother? All three children groaned. Maya rolled her eyes and gestured to the train. He'll be a minute. What do you think's going on? Don't read ahead. I don't know. I can't even pick up basic plot points. How am I supposed to figure out what's going on now? Charles opened his mouth with a curious expression when a loud shout came from the train. Let go of my trunk, Potter! The screaming redhead is Lily Evans, Maya told her father. Jamie fancies her. The boy in question was trying to carry Lily's trunk. I'll carry it for you, James insisted. Your hands are delicate flowers. You shouldn't have to worry about this big trunk. Want me to carry your bag, too? He smiled, touching his cheek when Lily ripped the handle of her trunk out of his hands. Get away from me, you prat, she shouted, storming away as quickly as possible, her long red hair flowing behind her. Write to me, owl me, flew me. James called desperately after her, waving Pick his me, hands. Pick me, choose me, love me. <laughs> go away, Lily's voice echoed in the distance. Mom, James rushed into his mother's arms. Charles stared down at his son with laughter in his eyes after watching the scene. Daria, on the other hand, looked horrified. James, is everything all right? She asked as she examined his cheek since he could not stop touching it. James beamed brightly. Everything's grand. I'm in love. Oh, dear. Doria sighed again. I think it's cute. Charles echoed Daria's words from earlier, chuckling quietly as his wife glared at him. Just ignore him, Sirius encouraged the parents. We had to spend eight hours on the train listening to his nonsense. Goodness, James, darling, did someone give you something? Doria felt his forehead. Maya, was he poisoned? Unfortunately not, Maya stared at her brother, still lost in the midst of his stupidity. This is all him. She hit me, James said dreamily, staring up at his father with a proud look on his face, as though he had just won the Quidditch Cup. Charles blinked, holding back another chuckle. Who hit you? That little redhead? Smacked him hard, too, Sirius barked out a laugh. It was hilarious. Yeah, 
James smiled, not catching on that he was being teased. Did you see her eyes when she did it? Prettiest shade of green I've ever seen in my life, Mum. Can we go to Diagon Alley? I want to get her something for Christmas. Doria frowned. Oh my god, I have so many thoughts. He's like that girl at Mean Girls. One time, Regina punched me in the face. It was awesome. <laughs> he also kind of like reminds me of like an elf where he meets Zoe Deschanel. He's like, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. And he's also like the little Grinch in the flashbacks. He's like, Martha May, I have to make Martha May a present. It's so cute. And since they look like Funkos in my head, it's even cute. <laughs> and it also just foresh—that foreshadowing. For, no, yes, but is it really foreshadowing? Because this came after all of the books. But it's also kind of like shows how much Lily is like Hermione because that one time when she punched Draco in the face, mm-hmm. and Ron was like bloody good punch or whatever the crap he said i mean so, granted yeah hermione didn't punch ron and then ron got obsessed with her but yeah good time good connection i'm proud of you on that one anywho <sighs> doria frowned <clears throat> doria frowned concerned um, maybe later, dear. I'd like to get you for home. Maybe put a charm on your face? She turned James' cheek to examine it closely. Your eye looks a little swollen. You think it'll bruise? James asked excitedly and pulled away from his mother as though she had already raised his wand to put a glamour on him. I'll wear it like a badge of honor. Eight hours? Oh, we know what he's into. <laughs> So apparently the next one we're going to read is Safe Word is Devil Snare. Um, BDSM Neville. That's all I'm saying. Surprisingly good. Don't make that face. It's good. Not that I've read it. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I know. I'm just making that face because I can't really see Neville, but okay. After reading this one, you can. Wow. Okay. Eight hours, you say? Charles asked, looking down at Sirius. Sirius smirked. I almost wish I'd gone home to my parents, sir. Charles laughed. That bad? Maya rolled her eyes. I almost went home with Sirius to his parents. So, uh, I'm excited because I feel like you're getting into the more, like, humoristic part of this series because James as a child is... A gem. The potters and accompanying strays waited in line for the station's flue to open, and, one by one, each of the children arrived through the fireplace in Potter Manor, followed by both parents. Sirius looked unaffected by the surroundings of the house, but Remus's eyes were wide. Maya smiled at his look of wonder that nearly matched her own the first time she had arrived inside the manor. Come on, Remus. Sirius, grab your trunks and I'll show you to your rooms. Sirius raised a brow. Grab my trunk? You plan on sleeping in the drawing room? Sirius looked around. No, I mean, I thought you had house elves. Okay, how come everybody's house has to be called their last name in Manor? Because it's like Potter Manor, like Malfoy Manor, like, I don't get, what's that? So, it, 
I mean, it, it's kind of built off of like the English heritage thing. So, like, <sighs> oh my god, I need to drink more alcohol. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, because that gives you energy. Mm-hmm. Gives you wings and lets you think you can dance. Um. So big houses in your in England are generally named. And I think J.K. Rowling sort of set the stage with Malfoy Manor. Now, to be fair, the Black family house was called Grimmauld Place, but that's just the name of the street. So I'm wondering if it had like a different name like Black Manor or, you know, something like that. Got it. Because like in my head, since I've only seen the movies, I thought that they called it Malfoy Manor because his dad was more like bougie and rich. And I didn't think that Potters could have manners because they weren't really like that. So that's what I thought in my head, you know? So according to the J.K. Rowling School of Harry Potter lore, if I am not mistaken, not charles potter but his father invented two really big potions one is sleek easies which is what hermione used in her hair for the goblet of fire uh yule ball and the other one is skelegro that we see in yeah. book two okay i did not notice so imagine that your grandfather invented say Herbal essence and oxycotton. Okay. You'd probably be fairly wealthy, huh? Yeah. My dad invented toaster strudel. My hair is full of secrets. Jimmy started quoting it the other day. I was so proud. Oh he was doing something and I was like, and none for Gretchen Wieners. And he goes, or no, no, uh, we were... I was putting away dog treats and Max was staring at them and I was putting them away and I said, and none for Gretchen Wieners. And I went to put them away and Jimmy grabbed them out of my hand, opened it up, took like three of them out, threw them on the floor and said, three for you. You go, Glen Coco. And I was like, <laughs> this is why I married him, people. Literally why I married him. And also because we're not into each other like that. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't marry Kat, so obviously I just had to find somebody else. Yeah, it's okay, but I'll end up like Joey living over your garage. Actually, no, I will not. Ha 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 ha. Yay, you're not single. I love you. Well, technically, I... Never mind. That's a it's story. a really... We were on a break! <laughs> yes, there we go. Like, technically, we're not officially, but it's happening, but you'll know when it's happening. It's happened. To be fair, one of the houses we were looking at potentially buying does, in fact, have a house or does have a room over the garage. So, oh my god! I was also going to turn the walk-in closet up there into a recording closet, but I think it's sold already. Anyway. Oh shame. Anyway, dead of time. Anyway. So, Sirius said that he thought they had to house elves. Unfortunately, we do, Maya seethed, and James laughed. But that doesn't mean you can't take care of your own things. Maya was already not looking forward to a fight with Tilly, who still spoiled James to a ridiculous point, 
but she would be damned if she saw Sirius take advantage of Tilly's need to pamper. Maya has issues with elves, James explained with a wry smile. Sirius looked at Maya, completely confused. You don't like house elves? I'd like it if the elves were able to choose for themselves whether or not they wanted to be tied down to a family, she tried to explain, but she knew it would be for nothing. She'd had plenty of these arguments with an older Sirius Black. And I'd like it if the elves were paid for their hard work. Paid? Sirius let out a loud, disbelieving laugh. Are you taking the piss? She's really not, James shook his head. Come on, Remus, I'll show you to your room. These two are going to be a while. Maya, that's what elves are for, Sirius explained, as James and Remus vanished down the hallway. They are living creatures and not property that can be used and abused, Sirius. They abuse back just as good as they get. My mother's elf is a rotten little sponge that acts just like her. Cursed, spits, and bows, all at the same time. Maya grumbled and looked away from him. The image of creature popped into her head too easily, especially, especially as she recalled him calling her mistress and mudblood in the same sentence. Oh my god, this is just like Harry Potter Outlander. This is Outlander, but Harry Potter, this is what this is. Yes. Oh my god, she is Claire. <laughs> oh my god, this is that last season when she tries to free the slaves and she almost like gets killed for it. Yeah. This is what this is, sort of. Whoa. Light bulb. (laughs) People, I'm gonna get this. I I have a feeling I'm close. I'm gonna get it. One day I'm just gonna be like, whoa. I get it. I'm always late to the party, but at least I get there. That should be a sticker. I just like to say how much more talkative she is now that she's all happy and shit. Yeah, well, things happen. Dreams come true. Don't give up. I could do a whole episode on this crap. People can change if they want to. Why the hell would I treat something properly that called me a beastly little ingrate? Sirius asked. Ugh, I am not having this argument with you again, Sirius Black, she snapped at him. Heat rising in her chest that she knew could trigger a panic attack at any moment. He blinked at her in confusion. What do you mean, again? I... I I mean, shit. How was it that he had the ability to make her forget what year she was living in? It was those gray eyes. They looked the same. In 30 years, those eyes would still be the same. The same infuriating, unnatural shade of gray that caused her to lose herself. Just drop it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. She reached for the handle of her trunk, carrying it off towards the hallway. Young miss! Tilly popped into the room with wide blue eyes and an excited smile. Tilly is so happy you is home. Tilly will take young Mrs. Trunk. (coughs) Oh, God, I breathe in margarita. (coughs) 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 You were hearing me come down with the... No, I'm not going to say that. I don't want to add to the panic. It's allergies. I already saw a doctor for it. (sighs) I need more margarita. Oh my god. (sighs) 
So besides the fact that Tilly's trying to be the death of me. Tilly will take young Mrs. Trunk. Young master tried to sneak his trunk upstairs. She eyed Maya as though she knew she was behind it. Yes, he did, but Tilly caught him. Now young miss will give Tilly her trunk, and Tilly takes care of it. See? Sirius pointed at the elf. Tilly turned her attention to Sirius and examined him very closely. You is young Master Black. Yes, you is? Yes, I am, Sirius said. Tilly continued to stare at him. Young Master Black takes his own trunk. She turned away from Sirius, <laughs> taking Maya's trunk down the hallway. <laughs> Jesus, Tilly, way to be mean to the poor boy. Oh, I should have mentioned, Maya said with a smug grin. Your family was apparently real mean to Tilly, so I guess you'll have to carry your own trunk. Sirius should have been offended, but in the end, he laughed. Anyone who doesn't like House of Black is okay in my book, he grinned defiantly at Maya, and gripped the handle of his trunk following after the house elf. The excitement of being home for Christmas lasted the entire evening. Tilly had made all of Maya's and James's favorites, which happened to be also all of Remus and Sirius's favorites. The manor was decorated with a brightly colored Christmas tree in every room, fairy lights twinkling from within, and mistletoe hanging over Charles and Doria's room. The guests were given a tour of the manor, and the boys spent hours before bed flying out back over the freshly fallen snow that covered the orchard and gardens. It was perfect, but nothing is ever really perfect. Dun, dun, dun! Are you ready for this? Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? Still not as good as Sarah Palin singing I Like Big Butts. Oh my god. Oh my god. I was like, what? I thought it was Tina Fey. And then I realized yeah, I know, it's the person the that Tina Fey impersonated. Yeah, because after I, she turned around, like, oh, my God, Claire's going to die. Claire's going to die. Oh, my God. I just, there's a lot of people that I expect to see on that show. And even the people where I'd be, like, surprised that they actually went on that show. Did not expect that. Yeah, right. Did not expect that. Yep. Anyway, dead of time. No, no, it's a fake. Please, we've never been inside your vault. It isn't the real sword. It's a copy. It's just a copy. Sirius's heart pounded when he was awakened by screams. He leapt from his bed and looked out of his door just in time to see James rush down the hallway. What's going on? Sirius demanded, panicked. Remus popped out of another door. Was that Maya? What's wrong with her? Sirius asked as he rushed after his friend, tugging on James's robes as the three boys approached the double doors at the end of the hallway. Move! James shouted and burst into the room. Sirius looked to see the girl thrashing and crying in bed. Without another word, James crawled into the massive four-poster, pulling her into his arms. Maya, Maya, love, it's fine. You're safe, he whispered over and over until her quiet cries quieted. Sirius stepped inside, looking down at his friends, scared and worried. Despite the life he had back home at Grimmauld Place, he had never heard screams like that before what happened she is nightmares james explained maya you're safe i've got you 
Is she okay? Remus asked, standing behind Sirius. I don't know, James frowned. I knew she had nightmares, and I didn't even think to check and see if she was okay at Hogwarts. Has Evans, Brown, or MacDonald said anything to any either of you? Sirius shook his head as he stepped closer. How often does she have them? Almost every night, James sighed, looking like he was doing a good job of berating himself. Sirius knew how protective his best friend was of his sister. She's probably been having nightmares all year, and I didn't even think to talk to her roommates about it. Jamie? Maya whispered, her eyes fluttering open. James held her close. I'm here, love. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to. She started crying again, but James quickly wiped the tears with his pajama sleeves and kissed the top of her head. No, no, you don't get to apologize. It's my job, my job to keep you safe. Maya let out a quiet sob and clung to her brother. Something inside of Sirius felt like it came to life in this singular moment, empty and wanting and lost all at once. Our job, he whispered through the darkness. Maya sat up, looking at Sirius and Remus standing at the foot of her bed. She didn't look embarrassed to have them there. Instead, she let out a sigh of what sounded like relief. Sirius walked to the other side of the bed and reached out, tucking a curl of her hair behind her ear. It's our job, our job to keep you safe. Sirius? She whispered. Hey, kitten, scoot over, will ya? He smiled and crawled into the bed beside her, flopping his head on her lap like always. She laughed through her remaining tears, smiling down at him and running her fingers through his hair. James narrowed his gaze at his friend. We're supposed to be making her feel better. No, Maya smiled up at her brother. This helps. She beamed down at Sirius, who was happily staring up at her. You boys should go back to sleep, she said, looking guilty. We're not leaving you alone, Sirius stated firmly. You're going to make room for me, or do I have to sleep on the floor? Sirius chuckled and scooted closer to Maya, making room. December 19th, 1971. Maya's eyes opened as the light from the nearby window flooded her room. At night, the cold and dark memories plagued her nightmares, but in the morning, warmth enveloped her entire being. She looked down at the mess of long, silky black hair against her stomach. She chuckled softly at the feel of Sirius's arms wrapped around her waist, using her body as a pillow. She watched closely as he took slow, shallow breaths and felt the additional ones behind her. Craning her head upward slightly, she noticed that somehow, during the night, she had navigated herself onto Remus's chest, braced against him with one of her, his arms wrapped around her shoulders. She smiled and leant into the embrace, a sense of peace gliding over her even as she thought of the future. A future where Remus would be ostracized from society, forced into poverty due to prejudice and fear, left in loneliness for years and years whilst looking for some semblance of a family. A family she knew he would eventually get, but not until he had suffered a great deal. She wrapped her left arm against his, squeezing his hand. She would make it up to him, somehow. She was determined to love him enough so that he could get through the years of loneliness and pain that lay ahead of him. 
A light snore from below brought her attention back to Sirius as he turned his face to er, he turned his head to face her, still asleep. He almost looked innocent like this. She smiled and reached her right hand out to run her fingers through his black hair affectionately. She could not imagine this boy, this sweet boy, would grow up to spend twelve years in the hell that was Azkaban. Innocent of any crime, put away without a trial, all while mourning the deaths of his friends. His soft skin was blemish-free now, but she knew it would eventually be covered in scars, tattoos, and lines marking the years that would be stolen from him. Sure, he would eventually be free, but the veil would take him from her. She would call him back, but it would still be one more year stolen from him. She was determined to love him enough so that he could get through those years of suffering and anger that were ahead of him. You look comfortable. An amused but tired voice came from the door where James stood, smirking. He yawned and made his way back to the bed, shivering, she- shivering, shivering, shoving Sirius's legs before retaking his place beside Maya, smuggled into her right side, using her shoulder as a pillow. She smiled and rested her cheek on top of his messy head of hair and blinked away the tears forming in her eyes. In one hand, she held Remus close to her, lacing her fingers through his. She wove her other hand through Sirius's hair, comforting them both as she, he slept. A painful realization came to her. She could somehow make Sirius and Remus's lives a little better by being there. But she had no hands left to grip tightly to James. Nothing you do will change what is meant to be. No matter how hard she tried, she would not be able to save her brother. That's a good line, too. I like that, too. What? Nothing you do will change what is meant to be. I like that, too. That's that's a good one. Yeah, it's a fucking depressing wow. way to end the chapter, though, if you ask me. Yeah, well, how old are they? 12 in this? Or are they a little younger? Th- there are some... They're 11 and 12, but that line is technically from Adult Remus. Yeah, I know that. Like, I wasn't really specifically talking about that. It just seems like for being, like, how young they are, they have, like, really deep, mature thoughts. Like, I'm going to love him through his pain? What kind of 12-year-old thinks that way? Like, No, no, no. But that's Maya. And Maya was technically 19 years old and got rewound back to 11. So technically she's 20. Mentally. True, but that just shows how good this writing is because I totally forget sometimes <laughs> that this happened. So, thoughts, oh concerns? I don't have any concerns. I'm just like, kind of like, head blown emoji. Like, <laughs> wow. Like, stuff is getting like deep and serious now. No, I'm serious. yeah this is getting uh i don't want to say it's getting more interesting because it's not like it wasn't interesting before but i kind of feel like for a while there i was just like yeah cool like i don't really know what to say yeah no it's one of those like there's chapters that lay out things that you need to know but it's not like the chapters and then yeah later on you get into like the <gasps> chapters and i feel like this one is one of them just because it's you kind of last chapter we saw remus being super vulnerable this time we get to see um 
we get to see that side with Maya where, you know, she's a kid and all of these things. And now it's kind of crazy to get to see her as this kid who, you know, is has all these horrible experiences that obviously she didn't experience until she was like, you know, 16, 17. But we're seeing it for the first time now that she's, you know, an adult. But Yeah. Anywho. We have people to thank. We don't have any new. Actually, no. No, we might. We might. I think we may have one new Patreon. We do. We have Hannah. I think it's Hannah. It's H-A-N-N-E. But, anywho. Welcome to the club, Hannah. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining our team. And we uh, look forward to... Oh, she's a Hufflepuff! Yeah! I know. I know you're excited. So, big shout out to our newest supporter, Hannah. Han. Hannah. I'm going to go with Hannah. And we'd also like to thank the rest of our producer-level Patreons, our Fouxes. We'd like to thank Rachel, Jackie, Krista, Kelly, Rebecca, Carissa, Ashley, Murray, Ryder, Olivia, Aguila, Ashley, Thurman, Brittany, Claire, Jillian, Elise, Martina, Therese, Amanda, Zercher. Oh, wait, no, she's not an Ashley. My bad. Whatever, you get your last name, Amanda. Sarah, Samantha, Miranda, Sophie, and Ashley, and Strom. You know, it was funny. I was listening to this the other day, and you know what it kind of reminds me of? Hold on. Hold on. I have to look up the lyrics. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hodor. 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 A little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Erica by my side. A little bit of Rita's what I need. A little bit of Tina's what I see. A little bit of Sandra in the sun. A little bit of Mary all night long. A little bit of Jessica, here I am. A little bit of you makes me your man. Ma- what? A little bit of me makes you makes me your man. How many fucking women do you have, motherfucker? You're not anybody's man. <laughs> You're everybody's man. You're like the freaking... <sighs> Hogwarts cl- Hogwarts clean sweep in the shed. You're everybody's broom. Everybody's riding you. Anyway. <laughs> you give it everybody that love potion. <laughs> yeah. That's everyone gets the dragon packs. But. Anywho. I think that is all we have for everybody this week. Do you have anything you would like to add? Um. Besides the fact that I gotta pee, not really. You always have to pee at the end of every episode. That's just kind of yes. like a thing. Yes. It reminds people to hydrate and drink water. Oh, God, now I have to pee. All right. Ha ha. Well, it's been fun, everybody. That actually was not that terrible of an episode. Okay, we're only at like an hour and 11 minutes, so she doesn't really have to kill us. Usually our bad episodes are like an hour and a half, so... Hannah Beth, you are welcome. Oh, God. Oh, God. I got something in my eye. Oh, God. It burned. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Okay. So we will see you next Fire Whiskey Friday because Claire is going, like, blind in one eye. She's mad-eye moody. I look like Popeye. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Peace. Woohoo.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Mm-hmm.